Please pray with me. Lord God, thank you for the gift and blessing of this day. Thank you for the beauty of the sun, Lord, and the clear skies and the light as it filters through these windows. Lord God, just like these windows, we are supposed to be people through whom your light shines. And we pray, Lord God, that you would shine in us today, that you would illumine our hearts and our minds, that, Lord, you would shine your light into the dark places in our lives, those places we've tried to wall off and protect from you, that you would shine your light there, Lord, that you would drive out sin, drive out fear, drive out hopelessness, Lord, and fill us with your peace and love. Lord God, give me your words to speak to your people today and give us all your word that we might be filled up and equipped to go out and to share your hope. Lord, speak to us today. Speak to us and guide us. And we ask this in Jesus' holy name. Amen. Amen. Please be seated. Morning. It is so splendid to see you all on this lovely day. Thank you very much, Ray. Now, you might have heard my dog or seen my dog. If you park in the back lot, you've seen him. Uh, he likes to get up on the railing of our deck and look over the parking lot and survey everything that's happening there. Yes, we have. He's a sweet, strange, neurotic dog. Um, his name is Bart, and we got him from the pound, I don't know, seven years ago, I think. And it was interesting, one of those God coincidence things, those serendipitous moments. The day we went and found him at the pound was on St. Bartholomew's Feast Day, and that was the name on his cage, was Bart. Right? So, we thought it had to be. Had to be. He's a massive dog, lab pointer, pit bull, but just tender, just the sweetest dog ever. And he's got some weird habits, though. Right? Probably just like the rest of us, he's got some strange habits. First and foremost is his barking. Right, his barking. You'll hear him from time to time during a Sunday service, just barking. Yeah. Um, but he has a hierarchy of what he likes to bark at. Right? He's got kind of a flow chart for um, what his favorite objects of barking are. And the highest on the list are little dogs. Little bitty dogs, like chihuahuas, little poodles. The smaller, the better. I mean, he just gets so excited. His tail will be wagging at a million miles an hour. God help you if you're close to that tail. It feels like getting hit with like a like a thick stick, right? Whack, whack, whack. And he's just trying to talk to the little dog. Come up here, come up here. I'm sure that's the last thing a little dog wants to do. They see this giant mouth calling for them. Now, second on the list is other sized dogs. Right, any other dog he sees, like Ray and his dog, he loves to just call out for and call to him. The third thing he likes to bark at is me and my family. What kind of guard dog is this? Right? He barks at us. He barks at us when we're coming home, all excited, tail wagging, barking at us. There can be a drug deal going on in the parking lot. And the dog just kind of looks at it. You know, wonder what's going on over there. But for us, barking at us when we come home. He knows the sound of our cars. You know, he can hear us down the block. You'll hear him rush out of his, he sleeps in the laundry room. He's got a dog door. You hear click, click as he goes out the dog door. Even before you hear a car, even before it's in the parking lot, he knows we're coming and he goes out to welcome us home. It's kind of fun, right? If you're home 
and you hear him go out, you're like, oh, that must be my wife, or that must be one of the kids coming home. So you can get ready, you can prepare to welcome them too. It's kind of a nice thing. The dog welcomes us all home. Sometimes it irritates me, but really I think at its core, he's just happy to see us. Happy we're home, happy to have the family back together again. And he's excited. In our gospel passage for today, we have that kind of welcoming presence uh, seen in a couple of Jesus' disciples as well. Right? These are people who bring people to Jesus. They're bridge builders. They are, they are welcomers. They're ushers and greeters, right? That is them. They are people who bring folks to Jesus Christ. And so in our passage today, we have some Greeks who are in Jerusalem to worship at the festival of the Passover. Right, And as you'll remember, the Passover was that time of year when the Jews would recount their history of God's salvation of them from slavery in Egypt and to freedom. That deliverance, that miraculous um, gift he gave them of setting them free from their bondage. That's the feast of the Passover. And every year they would recount the stories and tell it to their children, sit around a table and, and read the story again and remember and celebrate what God had done for them. And that's why these Greeks are here in Jerusalem. Just like all the other faithful Jews, they were there, which is where you're supposed to be in Jerusalem, to celebrate this feast. The interesting thing is, is it doesn't say these Greeks are Jews. Right? It doesn't say that they are part of the Jewish faith. In fact, our passage describes them as Greeks, which implies that they probably aren't Jewish, but rather were Gentiles who were perhaps known as God-fearers. A God-fearer was someone who, who feared or worshipped the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, but hadn't converted to Judaism. Right? And so there was, there was still a slight gap between them and, and the people of God who were inside that faith of Judaism, that people of Jews, of the Jewish faith. And so uh, these God-fearers, these Greeks, they come up to Philip. Now, why do they come up to Philip? We're not entirely sure. But he has a Greek name. That could be one reason. His name is Greek and it means lover of horses. So if you're into like equestrian events, like Philip's a great name for a kid, right? Lover of horses. Second, uh, it could be that Philip spoke Greek. We're not entirely sure about this, but he's got a Greek name. So there's a chance that maybe he speaks Greek. And so he could be the bridge between these Greeks and the Jewish people that are gathered around Jesus. Third, though, it seems that Philip is always involved in bringing people to Jesus. This is a really interesting element of Philip's ministry. He always seems to be around when someone's coming to Jesus and to be a part of it. It also reveals the connection with another disciple who is spoken of in this passage as well, and that's Andrew. Andrew and Philip, they're both welcomers. They are both people who bring folks to Jesus. Something about them must be accessible. Something about them must make people feel comfortable to come and approach them. And then those people, Philip and Andrew, bring those folks to Jesus. So let's look at some of the history of what these two have done in our gospel, in the, the, in the gospels. Well, first of all, in uh, the beginning of one of the Gospels, we have Andrew getting called by Jesus to follow him. And as soon as Andrew gets called by Jesus, he goes back 
And he goes and gets his brother. Anyone happen to know who his brother is? Peter. Peter. You guys heard of Peter before, right? Right? The, the head of the disciples, the one who went on to lead and to, um, to be just a prominent among, so prominent among them. This guy, Peter, was brought into the fold by his brother, Andrew, who went and welcomed him into Jesus' presence. Isn't that amazing? This really speaks to the reality that we don't know what the fruit will be of an invitation to somebody. We don't know what that person might do. That person you might be inviting might be Peter. Might be Billy Graham. You never know. You have no idea. Okay. And it just so happens that Peter and Andrew, they were, they lived in the same town as Philip, right? This town called Bethsaida. And the day after Peter and Andrew were called, Jesus calls Philip. But for Philip, it's not enough for him to just be called. He goes, and as soon as he hears that call from Jesus, he goes out, and according to the Gospel of John, it says, Philip found Nathanael and said to him, We have found him about whom Moses and the law and also the prophets wrote, Jesus, son of Joseph, from Nazareth. And as you remember, Nathaniel comes and becomes a disciple as well. So you see, both in Andrew and in Philip, their first acts as disciples is to bring in someone else. To bring someone else to be a disciple. It's a pretty phenomenal ministry of these two. Now, the next time we see Philip and Andrew at the center of the action is at the feeding of the 5,000 in John chapter 6. And you'll remember, Jesus turns to Philip and asks him the unanswerable question, where are we going to buy bread so that these people may eat? Right? And so Philip opens his Rolodex, because that's what they had back then. They didn't have cell phones yet. And he looks through to try to find the local grocery stores to where they are, and he realizes there's nothing. There's nothing. And moreover, he does some mental math, and he realizes, wait, even like... Almost a year's worth of work wouldn't buy enough bread for everyone to have just a little nibble of it. There's my dog. (laughs) On cue, right? Right On cue. On cue. All right. And so, so he says, I don't know what we're going to do, Jesus. There's not, we can't do this. We can't feed all these people. And Andrew comes up and says, well, here's a boy with five barley loaves and two fish. But what are they for so many? Philip and Andrew didn't seem to be ashamed of bringing this little bit of food to Jesus. This boy to Jesus. And then allowing Jesus to do what he was going to do. And did Jesus do something cool that day? Yeah, he fed them all. Every one of them. uh, More than they could eat. Jesus provided for them. Out of those five loaves and those two fish. But it was because those two, Andrew and Philip, were willing to be conduits for that work that God was doing. To be there as a bridge to bring people to Christ and bring their gifts to Christ. And then we come to our passage here. And Philip has been approached by the Greeks who want to see Jesus. And so since they've asked Philip, who does he then go to to ask for help? Andrew, Andrew, his buddy, his buddy, his partner in crime. They're always together, these two. And they too come and bring these Greeks to Jesus. These people who have come to them with the question... Sir, we wish to see Jesus. With that simple request, we wish to see Jesus. 
So Philip and Andrew bring them to him. And Jesus then teaches them, talks about what it means to be a disciple, what it means to follow him. And then God the Father reveals himself as well by speaking. Now, this is a massively significant section of scripture, and we're jumping over a ton of it because we don't really have time to dig into all the elements of it. But there's several building blocks that we can grab onto and and I think appropriate. The first is the role of Philip and Andrew in leading people to Jesus. Remember, these, these Greeks had to travel a long way before they came to Philip and Andrew, right? God had to draw them from their native land and bring them to Jerusalem. But then he put them right in front of Philip and Andrew. And then they took them the final few steps to Jesus. They were willing to walk with these people, to lead them through the crowd, and to bring them into the presence of God. The second thing is that Jesus then speaks to them of what it means to be a disciple. When a person brings someone to Jesus, we trust and we believe that God is going to do the next steps, that God is going to reveal himself to them, that they're not going to just come and see nothing or experience nothing, but that they're going to meet Jesus Christ face to face and that he is going to speak to them. We trust in that. We trust that God will do that. And the third thing is, is that the Father speaks and gives evidence of his support for Jesus. We expect God and and the triune God to be working to draw people to himself, to reveal the, the holiness and the perfection of his Son, Jesus Christ, and to lead them to the foot of the cross so that they can trust in Jesus and have their lives transformed. This account is all one of Jesus drawing people to himself, And these two disciples, Philip and Andrew, are central in this narrative and plan. This has been the way that that these two, Philip and Andrew, have worked since the beginning of Jesus' ministry, drawing people to Christ, sharing the message, excited about what God is doing and willing to invite other people into it. That is who these disciples are. They hear the message, they share the message, they welcome people into Christ's presence. Some people just seem to have a gift for this. But the reality is that each and every person is called to do this. Each and every one of us are a Philip or an Andrew to some degree. Each and every one of us a gateway, a window into Jesus Christ's presence. My dog, Bart, is like that too. He's the welcomer. He's the one who opens the doors, in a sense, by letting everybody know that someone is coming. Someone is coming who needs to be welcomed home. Someone who's coming who needs to have the door open for them and to be brought in and embraced and made to feel welcome and comfortable. Our dog does that for us, just as Philip and Andrew did that for these Greeks. They opened the door, they brought them in, they brought them home. How did you come to Christ? Did someone help you get there? Did someone open the door for you and show you Jesus Christ, bring you into his presence? 
and give you the opportunity to, for Jesus to reveal himself to you? Did somebody, was somebody a part of that? Maybe someone who prayed for you. Maybe somebody who invited you to church. Maybe somebody who was just walking along you during, along with you during a difficult part in your life and you, through their ministry, through their presence, you realized that Jesus Christ was there all along. I don't know your story. But each and every one of us, I believe, has someone who's been with us, who has been like a Philip or an Andrew to us, someone who has welcomed us in and made us feel at home. If you have found your home in Christ, if you are a follower of Jesus, if you are a disciple of his, if you are a Christian, what would you do if someone came to you and said, we wish to see Jesus? What would you do? Let's pray. Lord God, thank you for these two men, for Philip and for Andrew, for their faith, for their willingness, Lord, regardless of whatever the circumstances, to bring people to you. Even to bring those with meager little gifts, like five loaves of bread and two fish, to bring them into your presence, Lord. Help us to be the same, to be bold, to be humble, Lord, to be faithful and to be willing to always bring people to you. Lord, thank you for their ministry. Thank you for the ministry of people in our lives, Lord, who who shared your hope with us and who led us into your presence. Lord, they might not have been great evangelists. They might have just been people who loved us and were willing to give us the time to sit with us, to walk with us through a difficult time. And thank you that through them, we saw you. And upon seeing you, you revealed yourself to us, Lord. And you gave us faith. Lord God, there might be somebody here today who has walked into this church and who is not sure who you are or what you offer or what the point of this all is. Lord, speak and reveal yourself. Speak into their hearts and show them who you are, how wonderful you are, how loving you are, Lord, and that you are here to save us from our sin and to give us eternal life. Lord, we fall at the foot of your cross today. We lay down our burdens before you. We confess to you our failures and we ask for your mercy and send us out into this world like Philip and Andrew filled with joy for the transformation and the redemption you have brought into our lives and willing to share that with others, that they might be recipients of your grace as well and messengers of your truth. Lord, help us to be welcoming. Help us to be kind and merciful. And help us to have open eyes and ears to hear when that request comes. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.